Welcome to the Captivated for Christ podcast, episode number eight. For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Romans 8, 15 through 16. Welcome to the Captivated for Christ podcast, weekly encouragement to keep you captivated by God's love. And here's your host, Nathaniel Bridgman. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Captivated for Christ podcast. I am your humble host, Nathaniel Bridgman. Now, today's ministry of the week is a ministry called The Bible Project. Now, The Bible Project is a nonprofit animation studio that produces short-form, fully animated videos to make the biblical story accessible to everyone everywhere. They create 100% free videos, podcasts, and resources that explore the Bible's unified story. The Bible is a divine human book that speaks God's word to his people, and they believe it ultimately points us to Jesus, I believe it as well, who has the power to change individuals and whole communities when we let the biblical story speak for itself. Sadly, for so many people, the Bible is used as a devotional grab bag or an instruction manual that fell out of the sky. Worse, for many more, it is an impressive book of outdated rules used to control people. What the Bible Project simply desires to do is to help others understand the scriptures and all their complex themes in a way that is engaging, approachable, and transformative. They are committed followers of Jesus Christ, but they're not organizationally part of any specific Christian denomination or tradition. Their mission is simply to commit to helping the whole world see the Bible as one unified story that leads to Jesus. I love the Bible Project. They're an amazing, amazing ministry. Um, I watch their YouTube channel a lot. Whenever I'm studying a new book in scripture, I always watch their read scripture videos. They're amazing. I love the the type of quality that they produce every single day. I love the Bible Project. They're an amazing ministry. Um, the narration for their videos is also really, really incredible. It always helps me get engaged with um, the story of the Bible. And so often or not, I also look at the Bible as, you know, just one instruction manual because all scripture is God breeds, used for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training, and equipping each other in acts of righteousness. However, I also forget the fact that it's also ultimately one story that is leading to Jesus. And I love what the Bible Project does with their videos is that they take a video highlighting a certain theme and they trace it throughout scripture to see the themes that pop up. It's an amazing ministry. I love the Bible Project. It's kind of like an online Bible college without any grades or assignments. It's just they're just committed to fully letting people know how much God loves them and revealing the glory of God through scripture. So if you guys want to learn more information or watch some of their videos, be sure to go to www.thebibleproject.com to find out more. So as always, guys, I'd like to begin today's episode by starting off with a prayer. So if you are with me and listening, please bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'll begin. Uh, Father, I thank you so much for your great love. I thank you for your mercy, and I thank you for the opportunity you've given me to run this podcast again, Lord Jesus. I thank you so much for your great love. And Holy Spirit, I ask, can you please come, Holy Spirit, and minister to our hearts, Lord Jesus? I pray, Holy Spirit, can you please come and bless our time together? I pray for the people listening. I ask, Holy Spirit, can you please speak to our hearts, Lord Jesus, and minister your love and reveal 
reveal your true character and nature, Lord Jesus, to them, Father God. And Holy Spirit, can you please speak through me, Holy Spirit? I will admit, Lord Jesus, that when I get caught up in myself sometimes, I get too caught up. But Holy Spirit, I don't want to be the one speaking. I want you to be the one speaking through me, Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, I ask, can you please come, Holy Spirit, and speak through me, Lord Jesus? And I pray that you would bless our time together and all I do and help us to fall in love with what you have said written down in Scripture, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, guys, um, for those of you who don't know, last week I started doing a new series on the show called Unbiblical Things That Christians Believe. Now, this is where I take a certain phrase that's commonly said among Christians that you might see on a Hallmark card, you might see in a Christian bookstore, you might have heard your friends at church say it to you one time, and they sound nice and they sound very pleasant, but there's a reason why there's not a Bible verse number after these things. Well, the truth is, is because these sayings are actually very unbiblical. They don't reflect nature. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 3, and to, for, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3, that all scripture is God-breathed, used for teaching, correcting, rebuking, equipping each other, and training each other in acts of righteousness. So whatever we do, we must make sure that whatever we're hearing not only reflects the character of God, but is written down in scripture. Because sometimes God speaks to us in multiple ways outside of scripture, whether it be through his voice, whether it be through visions, whether it be through dreams, whether it be through other people, but we must make sure that what we're hearing really does reflect the character of God and is true. Because many of us in our world are commonly deceived by many things that people say, but the truth is we must make sure that what we're hearing and what we're saying to each other actually reflects the character of God. And so before I begin um, saying what today's unbiblical phrase is, I wanted to tell you a little bit about myself. So I love 80s music. I kind of have a love for 80s music. Um, some of my favorite music of all time is 80s music. So I love classic 80s rock songs, and I love also classic 80s pop songs. But there's one song in particular that I was obsessed over uh, my senior year of high school, and not that's because many people in my class didn't really listen to 80s music that much, so I was like, I'm trying to be a hipster. I don't know, that was a very cringy time. <laughs> but uh, there was one song in particular that I kept on listening to, and it was a song by um, the group USA for Africa. Well, it's actually not a group. What USA for Africa is, is it's a charity organization that was started in the 80s to help feed um, hungry kids and how feed hungry people that were in Africa. It's a great charity. It's a great thing. And but to, in order to help promote their charity, they gathered what USA for Africa did is that they gathered some of the greatest 80s music artists of all time and composed a song called We Are the World. And I'm telling you what, We Are the World is one of the greatest collaborations of all time. You thought Avengers Infinity War was big? Man, Avengers Infinity War has nothing compared to USA for Africa. I'm telling they got Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, Dan Aykroyd, Stevie Wonder, and uh gosh, I'm trying to think what oh, I think Ray Charles as well. And they got them all and a bunch more people that were famous, famous, famous Motown and R&B singers and even some famous actors like Dan Aykroyd and other comedians together and they composed this one epic song called We Are the World. And We Are the World is a great song and it has a great message. It really, really does. However, there's one verse in the song in particular and gosh, I feel bad for saying this because it really is a great song and it has a great message and the, you know, the cause of the song, they did it for a great cause, but there's one lyric in the song 
that has stuck with me. And whenever I used to sing the song, I listen to it go and I'm like, I don't think I remember hearing that in scripture. And that lyric is, we are all a part of God's great big family. The, the saying that we are all part of God's family is kind of an interesting one because on one hand, we are all God's creation. We are all created by God and God does love every single one of us. But on the other hand, if you read scripture, the definition of a child of God isn't really someone who's created by God, but rather it's something else. All who are saved and all who believe in Jesus Christ are children of God. And God does love every single one of us. God's love is unconditional and it is amazing. And God did create every single person in this world and he loves everyone. But just because he created and loved everyone, when you read scripture, that doesn't mean that they're a child of God. Now, I know this might sound very controversial because a lot of people are children of God. Those who follow Jesus Christ are children of God. But that doesn't mean that every single person on this planet is a child of God. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean several things. There are some things in scripture written down that actually prove that children of God are only a specific kind of person. Not just every single person on this earth is a child of God, but only a select few are children of God. And what do I mean by this? Well, that's what we're going to be looking at today. Today, I'm going to be looking at the phrase, we're all part of God's family, and figure out why is this phrase biblical. I'm going to look at the three reasons why this um, phrase is unbiblical, but I'm also going to reveal the truth about God's character and what is written down in Scripture. And to be honest with you, the truth about what God actually says in Scripture, in my opinion, reveals his character and his love for us even more than just saying we're just part of God's family. To me, the truth of what God actually says in Scripture and the truth about those who are children of God reveals God's love even greater, and it reveals that God's love is truly has no limits and that God's love is truly great for all of us. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. So what are the reasons as to why the phrase we're all part of God's family very unbiblical? Well, the first reason is all people have sinned. It, Paul writes in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. People sin. I've sinned. You sinned. We've all sinned. Every single person on this earth has sinned. The only person who hasn't sinned is Jesus. He is the only one that hasn't committed some form of sin in our life because it's normal for us. Ever since the beginning of time, ever since the fall Adam and Eve were exiled from the garden, people are used to sinning. People sin all the time. The good news is, is that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. But the truth is, there are so many people in this world who haven't asked for forgiveness of their sins. Many people disobey God. And Christians disobey God, even those who are saved still struggle with sin because it's normal for us. Sin is sadly a normal part of our society. I hate it. I despise sin. But it's the truth. People sin every single day. And it's not a good thing. It's really, really not. And the only people who really want to be, ch who are children of God are those who are free from sin. But the truth is, in order to become a child of God, we need to free ourselves from sin and ask for forgiveness of our sins. 
But the sad thing is, is that there are still billions upon billions of people who haven't asked for forgiveness of their sins, who don't know what it's like to live a life free of sin, but instead to live a life with freedom in a relationship with Christ. There are still billions upon billions of people that don't even know what it's like to live a life that is free of sin, but free for Jesus. And it's sad. It's really, really, really sad. And... I don't know. It's just, it really bothers me that a lot of people still don't know the dangers of sin. Well, the reason why many people don't know the dangers of sin is because all of us have sinned and it's something we're used to. Well, if it's something we're used to, then why is sin a dangerous thing? And why is, why is sin the reason that many people are not children of God? Well, that's the second reason as to why this phrase is unbiblical. The second reason as to why this phrase is unbiblical is because sin is the thing that separates us from God. All day long, and when we go to church, we hear phrases about how God hates sin. But the truth is, we never really dive into the fact about why God hates sin. If you guys look in the story of Genesis chapter 3, why does God, uh, why does God hate the fact that Adam and Eve took the apple and didn't ask for forgiveness of their sins? The reason why is because it separated them from him. When they took a bite out of the apple, their eyes were open to see that they were naked and they couldn't see the glory of God. And since they couldn't see the glory of God, God had no choice but to kick them out of the garden because his presence was too powerful. And as a result, people kept on sinning after the exile from the garden and sinning and sinning and sinning. And there was no, and God tried multiple ways of trying to reconnect his children back to him in spite of their sins. That's why God hates sin. God doesn't hate sin because it's inconvenient. God hates sin because it separates his creation from him. Adam and Eve were created in God's image. We are perfect and pure in his sight. Yet, for so, yet the sad truth is that sin is the very thing that separates us from God. That's why God hates sin. It's because it separates his creation from him. But the good news is that is why God sent Jesus into this world. God sent Jesus into this world to be the atonement of our sins. God sent, the, God sent his own very son in the form of a man so that way men could become the sons of God. We only become sons of God when we recognize what Christ did for us on the cross. Our sin was wicked and our sin was the very thing that separated us from God. But Christ took the punishment for our sins on the cross and he died a cruel death. But the good news is in three days, he rose again from the dead and appeared to his disciples to show the power of being a child of God and what the forgiveness of sins truly does for us. And not only that, Jesus was carried up to heaven where he currently sits at the right hand of God and he's coming back very, very soon. Jesus did all of that for us so that way we don't have to live in a life separated from God. He did that for us so that way God's creation could become the children of God. That's the reason why God hates sin. God doesn't hate sin because it's a simple bad thing. God, it is a bad thing, but God hates sin because it separates us from him. God loves us. He loves us so much that he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to care about us. He wants to be with us every single day. And the one thing that keeps him from not being with us 
is our own sin. But the good news is, through Christ's sacrifice, we can be reunited with God. When we follow Jesus Christ, we can be reunited with our Heavenly Father, and we can truly experience God's amazing love for us. That's why not all people are the children of God, is because not many people recognize that sin is the thing that separated us from God. So that's the second reason as to why I, the phrase, we're all part of God's family is not biblically true because the sad thing is that sin is the very thing that separated us from God. But the good news is that we were reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. But what is the third thing as to why this phrase is unbiblical? If those who accept Christ into their heart become children of God since Jesus came so that, uh, so that Jesus came and through his sacrifice, those who follow him are children of God, why, aren't, why isn't everyone a child of God. Well, here's the third reason. Because not everyone on this earth knows God. Paul writes in Romans 10:14, "How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher?" He also writes in verse 15, "How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of good things." Jesus gave us this very simple commandment as the body of Christ to go and preach the gospel to all creation and then the end will come. But the truth is there are still billions of people in this world who don't know Jesus. In fact, there are billions of people who don't even know that Jesus exists. They never heard about him. They don't know that he is the Lord over all. How can someone be a child of God if they don't even know God? There are still billions upon billions of people who don't know Jesus. And I know it may sound like a very, you know, strange fact for us to hear, especially since Christianity is the quote-unquote largest religion in the world. But the truth is there's still billions of people who don't know Jesus. And for some reason, we're sitting around just thinking, oh, we're all part of God's family. Everyone knows about Jesus. You know, they know that he's his father. They just don't accept him because they don't want to. That's our culture here in the West. But the truth is the reason why they don't know about God the Father and they aren't children of God is because they don't know about God. It's that simple. How can you know if you are someone's child unless they, you have never been? No, unless you were never told that you were someone's child. The truth is, there are still billions of people who don't know Jesus, have never heard about him, don't even know that he exists. And there are several reasons as to why, of course, one of the main reasons that the government is, a lot of the governments in those countries are hostile to Christianity. But still, it's our duty. It's our duty as the church to tell people about Jesus. God gave us this simple commandment to go and preach the gospel to all creation. And yet we still won't because we're thinking, oh, you know, everyone's part of God's family. Everything will all work out. God sent us to do this one commandment, to go and proclaim the good news of all creation. And I don't know about you, but I will not sit by and just watch as people die and go to hell without knowing that there is a God who loves them and cares about them so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for their sins, being buried for three days and in three days rose again. I want—I don't know about you, but I want a big happy family for Jesus. I want more brothers and sisters coming to Christ every Every single day. And I will not 
rest and relax until the gospel is spread to the ends of the earth and people know about Jesus. I want God to have more children. God wants more children. He wants a big, happy family. But until we get off our butts and tell other people that Jesus loves them, they will never know what it's like to be part of God's big, happy family. So those are the three reasons as to why this phrase that all people are part of God's big, fam- big happy family is because all people have sinned, sin separated us from God, and not everyone knows God. There are still people in this world who don't know Jesus every day. And it's our duty as the church to preach the gospel to all creation and let them know that Jesus loves them. So, what is the biblical truth? What does the Bible say that who the children of God are? Well, the first thing that the Bible says is that being a child of God is a right given to those who believe in him. John, The Apostle John writes in John chapter 1, verses 12 through 13, But as many as received him... To them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It's very simple. If we believe in Jesus Christ and we follow him, then we are the children of God. Those who follow Christ are children of God. God shows us. If we choose to follow Jesus, if we choose to follow and accept him and say, Hey, Jesus, I choose you to be my brother. God will accept us into his family. He'll become our father. He's our creator, and he's the creator and the Lord of all creation. But being a a child of God is a right. It's not something that just handed out to everyone. It's a right given to those who truly want to follow Jesus. Those who believe in Jesus, those who follow him every day, those who love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love their neighbor as they love themselves, those people are the children of God. Not everyone on this earth. Those who follow Jesus and love other people and obey his commands are the children of God. That being a child of God is a right. It's not something that's handed out to you. It's when God truly says, okay, you've accepted my son. I accept you. Come here, my child. God wants to accept us. God wants us to be his children. But in order for us to be the children of God, we must accept God for ourselves. And when we accept God and Christ in our lives, then we are reunited with God and we become part of his big, happy family. That's just so amazing how God gives us a choice. And when we choose him and he chooses us, we become part of this amazing, big, happy family for Jesus. We become part of God's amazing family that will help transform the world. And still not many people know this because we automatically assume everyone's a child of God. We can't assume that everyone's a child of God. We need to let people know that if they want to become a child of God, they must follow Jesus. So that's the first biblical truth. The second biblical truth that's written in the Bible is that God chose us before the beginning of time. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 that, oh sorry, I just had to look it up. Okay, so Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 that he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ himself according to the kind of intention of his will. The truth is God predestined us. He chose us. He didn't, he didn't just simply, you see, while God is the creator of the world, he also chose us. 
and he loves us. I know it may sound crazy to believe, but we as Christians are adopted. God chose us for a reason. Every single person who follows Christ was chosen by God. God shows us for a very specific reason. And that's just so amazing of the love of God. God could have chosen anyone. He could have chosen any creature. He could have chosen dogs. He could have chosen cats. He could have chosen mice or cockroaches to spread his word. But he chose us. He chose us for a very important reason. Isn't that just so amazing that in spite of our sin, in spite of our failures, in spite of our pride, God still chose us. He still loves us. He still cares about us. The amazing thing about God's love is that he chooses us in spite of our failures. That's the amazing thing about God's love. When we think that we are imperfect, God chooses us and says, no, you are perfect because I made you that way. I made you that way and I forgive you of your sins. When we think we're impure, God chooses us and says, no, you are pure. And says, no, you are pure. And once you ask for forgiveness of your sins, you will see that I have made you to be pure royalty in my eyes. You may think of yourself as ugly, but I choose you and I say you are beautiful because of how I made you. And once you accept Christ into your hearts, I will show you how beautiful you are. The amazing thing about adoption is that adoption is just such a cool thing because the thing about adoption that I love is that I, uh, for, uh, for childs who, for, sorry, ugh, I don't know what I was saying there. <laughs> um, but for children who are adopted, you know, they live in their lives throughout an orphanage. They don't know what it's like to have parents. They don't know what it's like to go every day with, uh, every day in a loving home. But then along came um, two parents, two people who look at all the options, look at all the kids, and they look at that kid and say, I choose you. God has many different options of who he wanted to rule the earth. He created the creatures of the sea. He created the plants. He created, I don't know, the turtles or something like that. I just looked over at my pet, uh, my dad's pet turtle, Tayday, and I just, you know, well, technically he's my brother's pet turtle. But yeah, I, I just looked over at him and just came up with the answer of turtles. Anyways, um, but yeah, God could have chosen any creatures in the universe and he chose us. He created us and chose us specifically and says, that's who I want to rule the kingdom. I'm pretty sure God knew what was coming. I'm pretty sure he knew what he chose ahead. But the amazing thing about God's love is that he chose us anyway. And the amazing thing about God's forgiveness and love is that it's never ending. You know, it's one thing to be created by God and say that he loves us because he's stuck with us. But no, God loves us because he chose us and he chose us for a given reason. That's what I want to stress to all Christians, to all those who believe God chose you and he chose you for a very specific purpose. He chose all of us to follow him. Despite our failures and our pride as a human race, God still loves us and chose us. So that's the second biblical truth that God chose us. The, the third biblical truth um, besides a biblical truth that's written down in the Bible is that God is a loving and adopting father. Kind of like what I talked about when God shows before the beginning of time. Paul, wrote in, Paul writes in Romans 8 verse, verse 15 through 17, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children... 
heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. We were chosen by God to be glorified with Jesus. He adopted us and took us into his family. He created every single human being, but he chose us to be co-heirs with Christ. God wants us to rule the earth along with God, with himself. He wants us to spread out his love to every single person. He chose us for Pete's sake. He could have had anything else, but he said, no, I want you all to be my children. And God is giving you this opportunity now to show, to be a part of his family. He wants to adopt you. He wants to love you. And he wants to give you a new name, a new life, a new identity. You are no, he doesn't want you to be a slave to sin anymore. He wants you to be his child because of what he, no, us of what, not because of what you've done in your life, not because of your sin, but because of what Christ did on the cross. As a good old Bethel worship song sings that we are no longer a slave to fear that we are a children of God and that from our mother's womb, God chose us. God created us and he loves everyone on the earth, but he chose us for a specific reason. So take that as an encouragement today. If you're feeling down in your sin, if you feel like God doesn't love you, just remember he chose you in spite of what happened in your life, in spite of all the mistakes you made, because we're all bound to sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So remember today that God shows you to be his child. He loves you so much that in spite of your failures, he said, I want you. Father, I thank you so much for your great love. I thank you for your mercy. And thank you for the opportunity you've given me to run this episode of the Catholic Faith for Christ podcast. And Holy Spirit, can you please use this episode as a light to so many people? And Father God, I will admit I have um, said this phrase before that all people are part of your family with Jesus before. But Father God, help me to reveal the truth that all those who follow Christ are children of God. And Father, thank you for choosing me in spite of my failure, in spite of my sin, in spite of my pride you still chose me and said, I want you, Nate. And Father, help show the people who are listening to this episode that you want them and that you love them and that you chose them to follow you and you chose them to rule the earth and be co-heirs with Christ. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Captivated for Christ podcast. If you liked this episode and wanted to listen more be sure to follow us on itunes spotify stitcher or wherever podcasts are available if you want to leave us an honest review be sure to leave us an honest review on itunes if you would that will help out the show a lot and i thank you so much again guys for listening and i hope that this episode kept you captivated by god's love thanks for listening Thanks for listening to the Captivated for Christ podcast. To find out more information or to view more episodes, be sure to follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available.